Welcome to Hope for Me. Live. This is John Cash. I'm joined by Angie Sanchez. We are a new national ministry that is offering biblically based counseling free of charge to those who call our hotline number at 657 Happy Me, the website hopeforme.live. Our goal is to simply help people who can't get help. There's so many people who can't afford a counselor. Some people can't get into a counselor with the COVID crisis and counselors are backed up. Others are simply too scared to go. We offer a different option for them, an option that we believe God is going to bless in a mighty way. If you are interested in becoming a counselor, go to our website. We'd love to talk to you and take you through that process. And if you are uh, someone who would like to support this ministry and help those who need help, we'd love to hear from you too. You can give online at hopeforme.live. Today, we're going to be talking about finding hope when things look hopeless. You know, the truth is, is that if you want to find hope, you need to find it when things look hopeless, because when things don't look hopeless, hope is easy to find. But it's when things are hopeless, when hope is hard to find. This is where faith comes in. This is where your walk with the Lord comes in, where trusting the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit all comes in. Because what do we do? We walk, if you're a Christian, you walk not by sight. You don't walk by what you see. You walk by what you believe. So today, I'm going to have eight Bible verses of hope coming from Scripture and covering the scriptural side of hope when everything feels hopeless. And Angie, you're going to be covering the counseling side. All right, I'm ready. Do you want to start or do you want me to? Um, why don't you start with the verse? That would be good. All right. Well, Jeremiah 29:11, one of the more famous verses in the Bible. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. You know, that Bible verse needs um, a little bit of explanation, in particular when it was spoken. We know God spoke that to Jeremiah. Jeremiah spoke that to the people. In the Old Testament, during Jeremiah's day, there was a horrible situation going on in Israel, in particular in Jerusalem. They were surrounded on all sides. Everything looked hopeless. Armies. Um, it, it was a very difficult time. God had judged Israel because of uh, Israel's sin, and there was no hope. There really was no hope, folks. Uh, they felt like they basically, the entire country was over, that they were going to be completely destroyed, wiped off the face of the earth. And yet, God says in that hopeless moment that He has plans to give them a future and a hope. So, that verse really speaks to the human heart when everything says, lose hope. God says, don't. Right. Right. And so there, there's different ways we, we, we have the hopelessness. Some, sometimes we have hopelessness and we, can't, we don't know why. It's just a feeling that overcomes us, which might have something to do with um, a mental or emotional breakdown. Maybe, maybe you're dealing with depression or anxiety. So long that comes with that is hopelessness. But what we're talking about today is the hopelessness that comes from when we're in the middle of dif difficult circumstances mm -hmm. and we can't see through them. So we're, we, we want to talk about how to um, kind of fan the flames of hope mm -hmm. in our hearts, um, off, obviously drawing from the thing, the scripture that you just read and, and the things of God. But also some things, some practical steps you can take to help bring restoration to that hope. So in the difficult circumstances can bring that feeling of hopelessness. Um, but finding that hope, being able to restore or recover hope 
um, is going to help you get through those tough circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also going to bring us, um, it's going to strengthen us. It's going to bring us strength so that when we go through tough circumstances later, we will be strengthened and more prepared and we will not lose our hope as quick. Let me give you a word picture for uh, everybody out there. Imagine that you are um, on a mountain and it's hopeless. You need to get to the other side of another mountain. And there's a big valley in between. And in the valley is lava, crocodiles, demons, anything and everything you would never walk through, okay? So you can't get there by going through the valley. You can only get from one top of the mountain to the other Okay, with a rope that's been strung from one mountaintop to the next. And you and walking that rope is the straight and narrow. Keeping your eyes, like if, if you're, if, well, I'm not a, you know, I don't do that. You know, walk, what do they call that tightrope? Yeah. But if you're going to do that, the, the key is to look forward and not look down. Right. And, and what we tend to do is we look down. And when we look down... We see all the danger and we fall. Right. And it's keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Right. That's good. That's a good analogy. Oh, thank you. All right. <laughs> so with that being said, getting us through the tough times and getting from point A to point B is that straight and narrow. It's that faith. It's that hope. It's, it's the belief that, you know, that, that God can get you through it and that, you have to be patient. That's going to require a lot, but patience is going to be really important. Romans 8, 24 says, For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, which I started the show with. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with the big P word, patience. Right. And what is love? Love is patient. Right. So this is in many ways a spiritual journey for people to go from that point A to point B. It is. It, it, and it can be a difficult journey for sure, because when you're in the middle of the tough circumstances, we tend to go with our emotion and struggle with having that hope, even though we know that we're supposed to, and the Bible tells us to, it's still sometimes a struggle to actually get uh, there. And horrible. so we definitely want to give you some practical things that you can do to help get to that point of hope. On the spiritual side, the most practical is keeping your eyes forward on Jesus. I gave you the tightrope example, but I got to tell you this. Remember remember when Peter uh, jumped out of the boat and started walking toward Jesus and he was walking on water? Mm -hmm. The moment that he looked down is the moment that he fell. That's the moment that he sank in that water. So hope can be hard to find if we're not intentional about it. What do, what do you, how do you define that intentional about finding hope? So hope, hope it does not just get restored on its own. Hope mm -hmm. does not come to you on its own. Mm -hmm. It's something that you have to realize that you don't have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you have to say, how can I get that back? So you have a choice to make at that point. Am I going to continue to spiral in hopelessness? Is that going to be helpful to me? Or am I going to find ways to restore my hope? And so first and foremost, you're going to have to make that choice. Mm. And it's rooted in fear, mm -hmm. primarily, yeah. which is, of course, the opposite of faith, which we were just talking about, the faith part of the hope equation. Right. If you look at the tightrope example, mm -hmm. the reason you look down is because of fear. Right. You look, you're afraid, you become afraid, am I going to make it to the other side? What's the outcome going to be? What are the dangers? So you start getting this whole way of thinking of fear, and then that's where the hopelessness comes in. 
Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's because it's rooted in fear. Um, it's the spiritual, mental, and emotional side will have to, you'll have to do some work there. That's, right. that's going to, whenever you have fear, those are some um, places where you need to kind of do some work to, um, address that fear. So let's start with the spiritual. Okay. Bible, prayer, journaling, resting your soul. Right. So when you're dealing with that hopelessness and then, you know, in that fear, um, yeah, you're going to want to address the spiritual. Where am I at? Mm -hmm. What's going on with me in in the spiritual realm, you know, in the spiritual aspect? Um, Maybe I need to kind of um, do some self-care there. I need to get healthy there um, by reading my Bible or prayer, journaling and allowing the Lord to come and speak to my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we talked about self-care spiritually in a show that we did previously. So you're trying to find some rest for your soul to get yourself in a place where your soul is ready to take care of the things you need to take care of. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. Here, the reference in Romans is what was written in former days. He's speaking of the Old Testament. He's speaking of the Word of God. He said, well, why was the Word of God written? Specifically, it was written to teach us, to help us have understanding, to give us wisdom. But it says that the through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Right. So, you know, that first one that you said about the Bible, that is so very important because scripture can encourage our soul. Right. It can encourage our mind. Just understanding the history of the great men and women of faith in the Bible mm-hmm. can really encourage us. Right. And then it also gives us the supernatural, the, the thing that you can't even put your finger on, but that supernatural boost that the word of God does in our lives right it can also show us the things that god is able to do you know and right. what he wants to do in our lives and that can bring encouragement to our heart for sure all right so that one is the spiritual okay number two is the mental yeah it's a good idea to where's your mental um health at that point your 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 status um is your thinking and understanding correct or broken down by emotions a lot of times our emotions kind of cloud the way that we think and so are we, are we thinking clearly? Have we let the emotion take us over? Um, so, so that's something to look at and find those areas of breakdown in the situation and, and bring some healing there. You know, it's important to understand that there's two kinds of logic in this world. There's the worldly logic, and then there's God's logic. Yeah. And what's interesting is, is that the Bible says that God's logic or his wisdom or his ways you know, are foolishness to man mortal man, sinful man. His logic doesn't make sense to the outside world, but the logic of God to the inside world, the faith-based world, is just perfect. So learning how to think with his logic and his wisdom is a great start. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's. It, I, I wouldn't take it lightly. I would really look into how is my thinking and where should it be? And, and again, like you said, um, looking at how God, th- what God thinks about it is going to help us know how to think about it as well. And you make a, you, you say an in- interesting phrase here. 
you talking about your mental health or thinking being broken down by your emotions. Can you explain that? Yeah. Like I said, some, sometimes um, our, our emotions cloud our thinking. Mm-hmm. Our emotions can be so strong that it totally takes away any, any thought or it can totally give you um, negative thoughts instead of the positive. And it's hard to um, separate that out or to, to make that change. And so if our emotions are running high, our thinking can be out the window. So we have to get back that thinking, that that mental health, that ability to say, no, I'm not going to let my emotions rule my thinking. What are the lies that I'm believing? What's the truth? And I'm going to root my thinking in that truth. The most successful people in the business world, the most successful people in the church world are ones that allow their minds and their hearts to control their emotions right? instead of the emotions carrying them away to a far off land right where there's a lot of quicksand and just a note you know kind of a word of warning i guess you would say people think to control your emotions means turning your emotions off yeah that's and then that can lead to a whole new set of problems (laughs) if you don't have emotion god created you with emotion we need emotion if you suppress it it's going to be bad right it's not going to be a good situation so we're talking about maintaining your emotion, controlling your emotions, ruling over your emotions in a way that's good and healthy and will help you stay balanced. Mm -hmm. So on the emotional side, we went from mental to emotional, but I was thinking about the triggers that happen that spark raw emotional outbursts that lead us astray. Yeah. So do so. One of the things you're going to have to um, do is realize whatever the difficult situation you're in or the circumstances that have caused you to lose hopelessness, are your emotions matching the circumstance mm. or, or are they higher? You know, are they deeper? Are they stronger? Possibly because of wounds that you've had in the past that would cause a trigger, um, that you're more susceptible to be, um, highly emotional because of your fears that have come from things before. And so they don't really match the difficult circumstances. So at that point, it's good to evaluate where you are emotionally so that you can begin to a process of healing or a process of using your mind to balance your emotion. And the triggers that we're talking about almost are always um, rooted in fear. Right. And scripture says in Deuteronomy, uh, 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Right. It, it's that fear monster that truly can break down everything. So knowing that God is with you is a huge plus. Right. Knowing he's not going to leave you or forsake you. Oh, I messed up. You know, I took a call a few months ago on HopeForMe.Live on the phone line, hotline. And um, this gentleman made a bad decision with his wife. He just, it, it wasn't horrible. He just gave her some very bad advice. And he literally thought that, that God had left him. Mm. He, well, he was even questioning if he had lost his salvation. Oh. And I said, I said, sir, I said, you know, the loss of salvation per se. I mean, there's, there's uh, of course disagreement among the denominations about it but you know we're not going to discuss that but blasphemy he used the term blasphemy of the holy spirit Mm. and i said sir this is not blasphemy of the holy spirit this is a mistake right god is still with you right he 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 loves you and yes he wants you to correct it and go to your wife and talk to her you know and say hey i'm wrong ask for forgiveness and then move you know toward him once again but you know the fear that that creates the triggers where we feel hopeless 
understanding God is with you is really, really, really important. Yeah. But you have a point here that I was looking at about a mountaintop view. Yeah. Adopting a strategy where in your mind you are seeing things in a different way. Can you go through that with right. us? Right. So once we've done the self-care, so we've done, we've, we've evaluated ourselves spiritually, mentally, emotionally, we can now begin to face our fears head on. So now we kind of have a good idea of, of, of where the fears are. And um, so we can look at our circumstance with a mountaintop view and identify what we are afraid of. So you kind of take yourself out of the circumstance. Mm -hmm. you, you go to imagine yourself being on a mountaintop and you're looking down over the valley. I know you don't do that on the tightrope. But <laughs> when, yeah. you go, when you go to a mountaintop, so you're kind of rising above the situation and you're taking inventory of what the situation truly is. You're looking at it through a view of outside of the situation and you're, you begin to say, okay, let me take note of what those fears are. Um, what, what am I afraid of? What is there to be afraid of? So mm -hmm. you're taking that inventory. You're trying to see it outside. When we're in the middle of the situation, mm -hmm. it's very hard to do that inventory. So we kind of have to stop and come above it, kind of come outside of it and look at it from that point. Imagine you're an ant. I have one of my weird, silly examples, but just knows, imagine that you're an ant, you're working on your little ant hill, and then you're out, you know, and, and you look out and you see your little ant hill. That's your world. Mm -hmm. That is your world. Yeah. It's your little ant hill, and you got all your ant little friends, you know, walking around, and you're building your little ant hill, you know. And then, you know, of course, a human comes along, just steps on it. Oh, well, we'll start all over again. But, but the ant's perspective is, that's the world the ant has, the little ant hill. Humans have their own little ant hills where, where we can't see beyond our circumstances. Right. Understanding that there's a much bigger picture involved in what we're going through, how we're feeling, the purpose God has through the difficulties that may bring hopelessness. Having that bigger view is just a tremendous benefit. Right. It, it it really does help a lot. It, and it even gives us a breather. Okay, I'm going to step outside of the circumstance for a minute. Um, because when we're in the middle of it, there is so much of that pain and that fear and that hopelessness. So it's almost like stepping out of yourself for a second and, and looking at the whole, at the, looking at the whole picture, looking at, um, you know, with that view, trying to identify, okay, what am I afraid of? What, what exactly is the issue here? Why I can't, why am I stuck in that hopelessness? Yeah, maybe imagine yourself, you're at a, I love my word pictures, I don't know if anybody else does, but imagine you're at a museum and there's a huge picture, like 10 feet by 10 feet, right? And it's a beautiful picture of whatever, okay? And imagine as a human being, you go up and you literally get as close as you can to the picture with your eye. Yeah. And all you see is this little red blob. Hmm. And that's your world. Right. That's, what is that? Is that a knee? Or is that, you know. <laughs> and, and, but then you back up mm -hmm. and back up and back up. And then you see the full picture. And it has nothing to do with that micro picture. Right. That, that's what people go through. They don't see the helicopter view. Or in your next point, I was seeing you're talking about finding that full, full picture. picture. Yeah. They don't see that. So they react by their sight, right, and their sight doesn't see the whole picture, therefore they react wrong. Right. Faith says, back up, get a better view, and if you can't back up and get a better view, trust the Lord, 
that the view is very different than what you're seeing. Right, right. So, so we're ta- we're talking about because we're in the middle of it. We have all these fears. We're trying to, if we do the mountaintop view, we're, we're we can discover their fears. But oftentimes, our fears are based in in lies that we believe, a lack of knowledge, or some misunderstanding of the situation. So they can come from all different places. So if we step back and we look at the full picture, we take that inventory, we look at the full picture we might be able to identify things that we can absolutely do something about, Mm -hmm. that we can bring some change to. We can educate ourselves. We can um, figure out what the truth is for the lie that we've believed, or we can gain better understanding. So these are are ways that are already unlocking some hope Mm -hmm. in our lives. And remembering that God has that full view in sight, I think can be very important. Proverbs 23, 18 says, surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. You know, God makes wonderful promises in scripture and he is a God that sees everything. You know, he's to think that he's above time is a very difficult thing for people to process. Right. But, but God lives outside of time. He's not, he's not constrained by time. So God already has seen your birth and your death and everything in between. He has the ability and the power to do that. His desire is to give you the hope. It's the desire to give you the bright future, the desire to bring peace where there's hopelessness and bring hope where there's hopelessness and joy where there's hopelessness. That's his desire. And just understanding, okay, maybe a prayer like this, God, give me a better view of what's going on. I think it's a prayer he likes to answer. Yeah, I I actually find myself praying this a lot. I, I pray... I was like, Lord, take me to the mountain where you are, because that's how you see things. Take me to that mountaintop. Give me that view so that I can come out of that, that hopelessness or that fear or that worry. Let me see the things the way that you do. Mm-hmm. And so I can handle it in a better way. And so that's a common prayer that I pray all the time. And, and it really, I can honestly say it really has benefited me a lot. He's been faithful to do that for me. And I know he'll be faithful to do that for you. So if you're, if you're feeling this hopelessness, Sometimes what people need is just a spark. Right. They just need to get the fire started, and then right. the Holy Spirit can fan the flames. Right, right. And, and make that flame, that, that light, brighter and brighter and brighter. But you have to do your part in it. Right. So, so if you want that spark, you know, we, we just kind of went through that. We, if you do that self-care that you need to do with your spiritual, mental, emotional, you take that mountaintop view... And then you get the full picture of things you understood or misunderstood or lies you believe. And you you identify those things. It might bring that spark in your heart of like, oh, I'm not, there's something I missed or I'm not seeing things clearly. So so that hope begins to rise up inside of you um, of there may be a way through. And remembering that the spark is all, is, is is the beginning, but sometimes it's all you need. One spark can set an entire forest on right. fire, according to the book of James. Right. Yeah, that's, that's just so good. It really can. You could, you, and you begin to just fan those flames. And the way that you can do that is by beginning to see your difficult cir- circumstances through the lens of that hope. So you lens. Have the lens. It's, it's, you decide to put on those. You take that spark of hope and you say, okay, there can be some hope there. And then instead of seeing things the way you did before, now you are seeing things through a little bit of hope. So you're putting on your hope glasses. Yeah. Yeah, and you're starting to re-look at the difficult situation 
with that little bit of hope. Mm. It changes everything. That's good. Hebrews 6.19, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the innermost place behind the curtain. Uh, There's a lot of symbolism there. And we don't have time to go through, you know, the curtain and the temple and all that stuff. But I wanted to tie two words together that really matter in this verse. And that is the anchor of the soul and hope. Mm. Hope is the anchor of the soul. You know, picture yourself on a ship and the storm is raging. And you haven't anchored the ship and the ship is being tossed to and fro and you think you're going to die. Right? Right. And you need that anchor. You need to stop the ship from going. Right. And and the Bible says here that the hope of the soul is a steadfast anchor. Yeah, that's good. Because you know what? We enter hopelessness during the storms of life. Right. We really do. Right, right. I, that, I, that's such a good verse because I, I can see that how how when we're when we're our heart and mind just feels in chaos you know, it's going to be important to stop and deal with that first and foremost and get our heart and mind in a right place to be able to move forward. It's very good. I love it. Question you have, is there anything I can do to help? Yeah. So here's some things to help us fan the flames of that spark. Um, This is what we can do now that we've got those hope lenses on. Mm -hmm. We can start asking questions to be able to see the difficult circumstances in, in a new way. So yes, to ask the question, is there anything I can do to help? So now we can look where where the hopelessness was, maybe we couldn't see this before, so now we can look at it and say, hey, are there things that I can do to help resolve these difficult um, circumstances? Mm-hmm. Um, where, where can I move? What, 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 can I, what can I bring to the table? I like number two, what are the possible good outcomes? Instead of what are the outcomes, you're focused on what's the good outcomes. Right, right, the good outcomes, because... It's hard to see that in difficult circumstances. Like, this is a mess. I don't know if it'll ever get better. You know, those are the kinds of things we say, which bring us into the negative way of thinking and closes off um, our sight to the possible good outcomes. So if we start looking towards that way and looking for good outcome and what can be what can come positive out of this it may open up some some good doors for us to see a way through and then you also mentioned the idea of of making your own personal changes so sometimes we move into hopelessness because of things we did right and then we can alter our behavior so we don't go down that path again yeah so and we can see that better when we have some sparks of hope mm-hmm. oh maybe if i just make this change in my life or maybe um god will show me some good change or maybe the Lord, it's going to be in the Lord's hands and he can make the changes that need to be done in order to bring the change, you know, the, the, the better circumstance. So when we're living in hopelessness, in a way it like darkens the way we think and it darkens our path where it's hard to see things. Right, right. So once we have that start, it, it, we need to realize a spark of hope can change everything. Mm-hmm. It can change. It can bring a better view. It can open up a different perspective and help us to see possibilities we could not see before. So your first order of business is going to be able to 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 get to a place where you spark that hope, mm-hmm. and which we've shown you how to do now, so that you can begin to see those possibilities. Psalm seventy one fourteen says, "But I will hope continually, and I will praise you yet more and more." Um, I like this. This is a, a, a present and future tense idea. I'm going to praise you and praise you and praise you. You know, the Apostle Paul was a nut job. And when I say nut job, I say it tongue in cheek. He's in prison, right? He mm-hmm. thinks I'm going to be, I'm, I'm dead, right? Mm-hmm. 
And what does he do while he goes into prison? He starts singing praise songs. Like I said, nut job. You know? No, but he had this perspective. And this is, you know, like, again, all that's tongue-in-cheek. He had this perspective. I love the tie-in here with hope and praising. Because that's what it just said. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. I like it. I like it because it does speak of um, praising as an act of faith and belief that God is going to come through, that he is going to bring a better, a better future. And it's also, it's also kind of spiritual battle in a sense where you're saying, I'm going to praise God to the enemy and you're, you're not going to get me. You're not going to get me. You're not going to bring me down. And then you're praising God in celebration because what he has done already. You know, when you're feeling hopeless, um, chances are you're not feeling very secure. Yeah. And um, Job eleven eighteen last verse for the day. And you will feel secure because there is hope. Yeah. The, the tie-in between feeling secure, being anchored, having a purpose, being able to see things clearly really creates that hope. Yeah, yeah. Or the hope creates the security. Right, right. That's a very good point, yeah. Build, it builds our confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, once we have hope, we, we it really does build our confidence. It's definitely a stepping stepping stone to a greater confidence. So, twenty seconds to to end taking this to others, helping people with this, right, is so very important. People helping you, you helping people, right. Um, that it's a good way to you know, if we're if we're struggling building our own hope, we go to other people and let them speak into our lives, let them give hope. Um, just to help in that situation. And sometimes it's those people that are going to fan the flames of Absolutely. hope in our they personal lives. They can get lives. you on that journey for sure. Amen. And thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Remember, the website is hopeforme.live. If you want to get more information about the ministry, if you need help, we are available at 657-HAPPY-ME. And also remember that we are a listener-based ministry. And we're trying to offer all of these services free of charge to those who are calling our hotline so you can give through the website as well. God bless, and we will see you next time.